Welcome to Center Maryland's The Lobby Pod. We have a very special guest, a spiritual guest, a guest that is a model for service, not just in Baltimore, not just in Maryland, but for the nation. And that is the Reverend Dr. Al Hathaway. He's the president and CEO of the beloved Community Services Corporation. You, if you're in the Baltimore media market, sometimes the Washington media market, you will not find a more driven, a more dedicated, a more holy person than the host of He's Holy, I'm Not. Again, Reverend <laughs> Dr. Al Hathaway, thanks for joining us on the lobby pod. Man, it's always so good to connect with you, man. And, you know, if it's in cyberspace or in the metaverse or even in real life, it's always good to hook up with you, man. So I'm just trying to keep, you know me, I'm just following you on my phone, right? So hopefully you could, you could, you could distract me away from real life, but I just, I'm going to talk to you what I'm seeing you do on my phone and in my native lands <laughs> and, and just want to talk to you about that. Recently, you were in the Baltimore Banner talking about Medicare Advantage. You know, we have one of the best health systems in Maryland, uh, but because of its uniqueness, it doesn't quite sync up with the federal Medicare Advantage program. It leaves a lot of seniors, you know, without the same kind of benefits that they have in other states like dental or maybe you need a ride to yeah. the facility. Talk to me about what moved you to write about that. Well, you know, I've, I've been involved with the healthcare facilities uh, for a long time. In fact, I served on a number of uh, of healthcare boards, and not only in, in uh, Baltimore, but in Washington, D.C. So I was acutely aware of the healthcare system. And uh, one of the challenges is, is that um, as seniors age, of course, their income is basically gets capped at whatever their pensions or whether the government subsidy or, or, or just their income. But uh, the need for healthcare coverage uh, increases. And uh, there's a major gap that we really need the uh, government and government programs to uh, to fill. And so when you when you start to have costs outweigh, uh, outweigh uh, the uh, income, there's a problem. And so uh, the Medicare Advantage system was really set up to uh, to uh, cover that. But in many instances, uh, there are gaps. And so we needed the uh, health care uh, 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 facilities, particularly in Maryland, to fill that gap. And we we're starting to see them uh, opt out of the Medicare Advantage system, which means that uh, a large number of seniors are being left uh, unserved. And I think that's a, uh, that's a critical issue in Maryland. Uh, it is an issue around the country, uh, but I believe that uh, in Maryland, we should uh, develop the uh, bandwidth and the uh, capacity to care for seniors in, their, uh, in, their, in those years. Yeah, it looks like the legislature's working on a fix. The federal government's working and uh, taking a hard look at this. Uh, even uh, Larry Hogan, even I think, sent fifty million dollars down to health secretary, his health secretary Dennis Schrader, and it just kind of got held up or didn't get to the right place. So it'll be interesting to see how the legislature steps into its usual role of uh, emergency management sometimes uh, in this space. Yeah, you know, in, in Maryland, we, we, uh, one of the things that Maryland did, I think, was really ahead of the country, was that they opted out of, the, uh, of that Medicare system, which means that uh, the hospitals now are basically uh, uh, have banded together to provide uh, quality of care. 
uh, so the competition is taken out of it from the perspective of, uh, of hospitals. But I think that uh, we, we still have a competitive market as it relates to covering seniors. And I think we've got to look closely at that uh, market as well and take competition out and ensure that there's collaboration among the medical health care providers so that all of our uh, seniors are insured. Remember the good old days, Rev, when the when the seniors were like the most important thing we talked about constituency wise. It seems like the uh, senior seems like seniors have fallen back a little bit over the last several years. A lot of other new uh, constituencies sort of raising up, but uh, they are the bread and butter of Maryland politics. So I hope people pay attention to them. I hope people pay attention to you. Uh, they, want to they talk about the, great pants. <laughs> Great Panthers. That makes sense. That makes sense. Hey, Rev, you, uh, what we see, mo- what I saw most recently uh, with you um, wa- in the community was, or is, obviously st- really stepping up and developing, redeveloping, bringing a renaissance to um, a cultural landmark, uh, an education landmark, a civil rights landmark in West Baltimore. I see that you got uh, all the biggest people in Maryland behind you supporting the renovation of Thurgood Marshall's <laughs> elementary school. I even saw you got uh, Janet Curry, the, the president of Bank of America, is now on board. I mean, you got the you got the biggest players in the state. Now, talk to me about what's happening there. So so uh, this is my mantra. Just as Thurgood Marshall should be to Baltimore as the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King is to Atlanta. And I think that I think that that mantra is starting to uh, uh, people are starting to listen. Uh, we uh, we uh, uh, and, and, and here's the beauty in West Baltimore, which is the largest African-American historic district in the country. The say that amazing one more say that one, say that one more time. <laughs> West Baltimore is the largest African-American historic district in America. And when you think about the personalities that have that were born there, raised there, grew up out of there, have contributed to the landscape and, and architecture of America, it is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and of course, uh, Justice Thurgood Marshall kind of leads the way. And many people don't, didn't realize that the elementary school that he attended had been vacant for more than uh, 25 years uh, and had caught fire back in 2016, uh, was uh, needed uh, tender loving care. And since I grew up in West Baltimore, I understood a lot of its history. I understood a lot of the people and personalities. And, um, and I was fortunate enough that my team was awarded uh, the development rights to, uh, to that property in 2019. And we began in earnest uh, to raise dollars uh, to develop a development concept that would create what we call the Justice Thurgood Marshall Amenity Center uh, in West Baltimore at PS 103, the Henry Highland Garnett School. Uh, what, what is important and significant about that is that Justice Thurgood Marshall, everybody, whoever you are in America, whoever you are in life, you began somewhere. And Justice Thurgood Marshall began right here in West Baltimore on Division Street uh, here. And uh, we want to celebrate that. Uh, We want to bring to the uh, marketplace a first-class gold lead historic uh, preservation uh, property uh, that anyone in America can be proud of. And uh, I believe the uh, people of Baltimore will be proud as well. So talk to me about the amenity senators. What's that mean if I'm a member of the West Baltimore community or maybe I'm a member of the downtown business community and I kind of want to understand what's going on 
inside there. Have you figured that out yet? Or is that programming oh, yeah. to come? No, 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 we figured that out. See, first of all, uh, <clears throat> uh, the building was designed uh, and built back in 1877. And it was built by a gentleman whose name was George Frederick. And George Fredericks was uh, probably one of the most prolific architects, designers in Baltimore. Uh, uh, the Baltimore City Hall that we know so well, that iconic building, uh, he designed that building uh, went, ah. and won that commission when it's 21 years old. Right, he's uh, a real uh, young uh, young person that did, that did a couple big buildings, very important pieces, especially in Baltimore. And then he kind of went off the map for a little while or how did that? I don't know the history. He sure did. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did the uh, the Howard P. Rawlins uh, Conservatory in Drew wow. Park. That glass iconic building there, that amazing building. Uh, it's close to my heart. He did the uh, the old Baltimore City College High School that was there off wow, of uh, Howard. That's Street. iconic. That's yes, iconic. Yes, yes, yes. And and then uh, then he did the uh, re redesign of the uh, State Capitol and Lawyers Mall. Uh, so so here you had this amazing, prolific, and many churches he did in Baltimore City. Wow. Here you had this Yes, this amazing, prolific uh, architect designer who designed uh, PS 103. And uh, it, I was just taken aback that it was uh, left vacant for so long when all these other properties that he had designed had been improved, renovated, were in service. Uh, and uh, so we took that project on. Uh, we were quite fortunate that uh, I put together an, an amazing team, uh, Mahogany uh, Construction, an African-American general contractor, uh, Sutton Brick Campbell, uh, which is a uh, long-term architectural uh, 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 African-American company, uh, Integrity Title, which is uh, a female-owned African-American title company, uh, all across the board. Uh, 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 I have a, uh, a predominantly African-American team, people who love the city, who have contributed to the city, and we kind of put our shoulders to the wheel and came up with an amazing concept. And then, of course, uh, anybody who knows Baltimore, uh, if you're doing something historic, you got to go get Bill Struva. So I went and got Bill Struva and Cross uh -huh. Street Partners to be a part of this as well. Uh, uh, anybody that understands law, uh, you, 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 it's, it's tough to do much in, in Baltimore unless you go get the uh, Ballot Spa. Oh, uh, so yeah. Got, got what a great firm. John, yeah, John Larry, they are amazing. They, they made certain that I, I dotted all the I's, crossed all the T's. Uh, and then you've got to have, uh, when you talk about large sums of money, like like $14 million and all the accountability, uh, we have Cohen Resnick. And Cohen Resnick uh, is, uh, is, a, is a maze of Baltimore-based uh, accounting firm, and they, uh, they did our valuations. And so we had top flight team all the way. Uh, and, um, and, and, and what we wanted was, we knew that this was an historic building. And so we took advantage of historic, federal historic tax credits. Uh, we uh, went competitively for a state historic tax credit. And then we used a unique uh, tax credit uh, structure, which is called new market tax credits. So we were able to raise about $8 million, $9 million uh, via the uh, tax credits. So that means we had to get investors and we got a series of investors from around the country that's invested in this project. And then we raise money from the philanthropic and corporate community. This is what an amenity center is. People tend to think of community centers and they are kind of services, uh, but we wanted to up the ante. And so an amenity center means that you bring to a community amenities that previously were not in that community. Uh, and so we have a, a partnership with University of Maryland College Park. And so we brought the Judge Alexander Williams Center for education, justice, and ethics. So we're gonna be teaching ethics 
We're going to be having a, a, a whole a violence reduction program there. Uh, we're going to bring in uh, law students and uh, first year law uh, uh, employees, and they will provide pro bono services to the community. There will be an interaction because we wanted to make certain that since the uh, law was the centerpiece of Justice Thurgood Marshall's life, we want to make sentence that we up the ante in terms of civic education uh, so that people will have uh, understand the law, its impact, and be able to uh, articulate it as well as under, as well as uh, even even read it. Uh, the other part that we're going to have is that you could not have a, an amenity center without having a relationship with the Maryland Aviation Administration. Uh, so we have the uh, BWI uh, Thurgood Marshall Airport. Uh, they will be there and we're going to have a program. They had a two week program. We're going to expand that program year round where we expose uh, persons to uh, with flight simulators. Uh, we teach them airport management. We teach them hospitality that will prepare them for the growth and jobs that is that will happen and occur over the next five seven years there at Thurgood at the uh, Thurgood Marshall uh, BWI Airport. Uh, yeah, you're really like have, you're, you're 12 15 minutes right from the airport right there right. I mean, oh no, but you're right there. You're right there, and there should be a portal uh, for that to those jobs that are amazing jobs right there, and there's amazing uh, job need there. Um, the other thing that we're going to do, which is really going to be unique is that we're gonna have what's, what's gonna be called STEM City Metaverse. Um, it's not by coincidence that uh, Facebook did not change its name to Meta. Uh, the Metaverse is the new frontier as it relates to economic development, communications, and it relates to technology. So we wanna make certain that the young people and others in this community understand that technology, uh, develop the skills of coding for that technology, and understand how you can monetize uh, the uh, metaverse uh, for your own economic development. It's going to be real heavy in the bat. Uh, we're going to have some cultural programs. Uh, we got the Billy Holiday Liberation Arts Program uh, that will be there to teach cultural activities and, and conduct cultural things. Uh, but we also will be historic. So we're going to have one of the classrooms that Dougard Marshall was in that will be an exact replica of that era back in the early 1900s. So when you walk into that classroom, it will look with the tin ceilings, with the wooden wainscoting, with the, we even had a person who had uh, those period desks, uh, donate those desks to us. So you'll go in and you'll get the look and feel of how Thurgood Marshall attended school. Now check who Thurgood Marshall's classmate was. His classmate was Cab Calloway. So I can imagine what, what was, yes, his <laughs> classmate was Cab Calloway. I can imagine what was going on with those two. And in fact, that story will have it Thurgood Marshall, although he was a, uh, an amazing student, he skipped the grade, uh, Thurgood Marshall would get in trouble. And so these teachers- Wait, 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 Reverend Now You're telling me that uh, the leading civil rights lawyer and justice in American history, Thurgood Marshall was a little bit of a troublemaker in school? Yeah, he would, he would, he would be rambunctious. He was talkative and- uh, He was a boy. And so the teachers had to- Yes, yes, and the teachers had to pull him in. And what they would do is they would send him downstairs and they would give him a copy of the Constitution and he would have to read that. Can you imagine that punishment? <laughs> that is my favorite childhood story of all time. Because, you know, we see the airport and the Thurgood sure. Marshall, um, they have a, a bit of a museum there. And I think everybody agrees they'd like to blow that out a little more, make it more pronounced. But and then we see Lawyers Mall, you know, we have a man in stone there. And so to hear you tell this story right. of this near mythical figure 
through the eyes of a boy, it just gives us all hope that we can rise to those heights, no matter uh, what we're ch what challenges we're facing. Yeah, and then then inside of the building, we'll, we'll, on the first level, it will it will reflect the eight classrooms. They will be historic in nature. Uh, all of the architecture will be intact. Uh, it, it's we're following, as I said, National Park Service standards in terms of the uh, restoration. Uh, it's going to look exactly like that. Then you're going to go up on the uh, second floor. When you go on the second floor, uh, because that was damaged by the fire, it's, it allowed us to be a little bit more flexible in space. So we're going to have a, a, a large auditorium there where we'll have large gatherings uh, and various other communities and others will be there. Uh, then we have a very large space that we call the alumni room. Because the alumni of the, of the center have said to me, Thurgood Marshall wasn't the only person that went there. And so, so we, we created a, uh, an alumni room so they can come back, have their own space, uh, share uh, the amazing alumni of uh, uh, PS103 is a list of who's who in Baltimore City. Uh, uh, many people know George Russell, uh, who was the uh, city solicitor and one of the leading, leading legal persons. And he was a graduate of PS103. Uh, Clarence, wow. Mitchell Jr., uh, Clarence Mitchell Jr. was a uh, graduate of PS103. Carl Murphy, the founder, the uh, publisher of the Afro, uh, was an alumni. Again, in modern times, uh, Gene Hitchcock. Many of you know Gene Hitchcock, Gee. special advisor. Yeah, special advisor to uh, Ron Daniels at uh, Johns Hopkins. She was a graduate. Uh, for those of you who know development in West Baltimore, you know the Coppin Heights CDC. Uh, Gary Rodwell leads that. Gary Rodwell is a graduate of PS103. So we're going to have a place where all of those persons could there. And uh, we're going we're gonna to always uh, remember Justice Thurgood Marshall's birthday, which is July the 2nd. So one of the things I'm attempting to brand is Independence Weekend where we recognize Justice Thurgood Marshall's birthday, the signing of the Declaration of Independence on July 2nd, and then we go to Fort McHenry and we celebrate the uh, War of uh, 1812 and bombs bursting in air with the Star Spangled Banner. And so we in Baltimore have the unique ability to have Independence Weekend that, that recognizes the freedom struggle and civil rights uh, advancements of Justice Thurgood Marshall, as well as tie that to the American story of July 4th, Independence Day. Sign me up for that, Rev. Sign me up for that. That's a great, that's a great program. What about the, uh, you mentioned uh, uh, Jackson Mitchell families. Um, talk to yeah. me about what else is going over there nearby related to, is it Juanita Jackson Mitchell's yeah. yes. law firm? Oh, my. Let me just tell you, you know, one of the amazing things is that uh, I was born in the 1200, well, I was born in Providence Hospital uh, there, which was in the uh, 1600 block of uh, Division Street. Uh, and then, uh, then my, I lived my early days at uh, in the 1200 block of Drew Hill Avenue. Uh, in the 1300 block of Drew Hill Avenue was the uh, Clarence and Juanita Mitchell family. So C3, uh, uh, you know, Kiefer, Kiefer, uh, Kiefer uh, Jr., I mean, Senior, uh, Michael Mitchell, Senator Mitchell, uh, George Mitchell, they were all uh, personalities that I grew up with and I would play with young George. So I was in and out of the house of Clarence and Juanita Mitchell uh, house, which was at 1324 Drew Hill Avenue. Well, beloved community has purchased that property and we're restoring that as well. So we're restoring the home of Clarence and Juanita Mitchell. That's an amazing story. Uh, I have pictures of Rosa Parks there in the bedroom providing care to Juanita Mitchell. I have Wilma Rudolph in the, uh, in the uh, living room. I have a uh, 
uh, Jackie Robinson in the living room, uh, Mary McLeod Methune standing on the steps. I have Eleanor Roosevelt coming out of the house and going to the Sharp Street Church. Just an amazing facility. And I'm, we're honored and proud that we're able to restore that. Uh, but we also are restoring the Juanita Mitchell Law Office. That office was located at 1239 Drew Hill Avenue. And this office is significant, not just for Juanita Mitchell, who was the first African-American female to graduate from University of Maryland School of Law, but this was the place where Justice Thurgood Marshall would come to work out his legal strategies, particularly in terms of the Brown versus Board of Education. Uh, he was there for the second Brown decision, which was the 55 decision. They put, uh, they put the Brown paper on the walls and newspapers so we couldn't see in, but he was in there working on the strategy, brought him fried chicken, and, and he went and uh, then argued successfully that second Brown decision. So we, we were able, uh, I got to give it to Congressman Infume, uh, uh, Senators Ben Holland, uh, Van Holland and uh, Cardin. Uh, they were able to get us an earmark in this last session of uh, $1.75 million, which is allowing us to restore that property in its historic uh, uh, manner as well. And then we have a partnership with the University of Maryland School of Law, where they're going to put a program there on domestic violence. So there, it'll be an operating legal center there that will be compatible to the legal work that we'll do at the uh, PS103 building. Amazing work, Rev. I've seen it from when you were, when you had nothing but an idea or twinkle in the eye and just to be a witness to the work that you have gotten so many Baltimoreans to join your hands to do is is really remarkable. It's been a lot of fun to watch. And I'm just looking at that real estate, figuring out how my little solo law firm can fit into one of those things somewhere. I know, I know, you, I, I know we might trade offices, but I wanna, I wanna hear more about that in the future. <laughs> I, I if, I, if I if I have if you have just a few more minutes, I want to sure. share one thing about. We yeah, got we got I, several I, minutes. Oh, fantastic! Uh, I, I want people uh, to realize that July second. Is a very significant day. Uh, July 2nd, 2023, will be the 115th birthday of Justice Thurgood Marshall. But it's also the day, keep in mind, that they actually signed the Declaration of Independence. So, yeah, we're so you're, a, saying the, you're saying the party was on, Independence Day was on the 4th, but the 2nd is the day they really got the work done on the Declaration. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And, and that's also the day that Justice Thurgood Marshall was born. So we're going to have an event at the Baltimore Museum of Art. And at the Baltimore Museum of Art, we're gonna do a number of things. One is uh, we're gonna unveil a, uh, a portrait that we commissioned by Ernest Shaw. Uh, Ernest Shaw has done a couple of portraits, one that's hanging now in the uh, Judicial Affairs uh, building there at the uh, Maryland Senate. That's and right, then Chairman uh, we, Will we, Smith. So that's the Chairman Will it, Smith brought in. Uh, the artist you're speaking of to do the portrait in, in the Judicial Proceedings Committee in the Senate of Maryland. That's a very cool looking portrait. Sorry, I don't it have the words for yep. it, but it's very cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was young Thurgood Marshall after he won his first case, which was Murray versus Pearson, which was the case that uh, allowed for uh, uh, Donald Gaines Murray to be able to attend University of Maryland Law School. He was just 20, 25, 26 years old, and he won that case. Uh, it's one is really his first federal case that he won. But uh, 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 Ernest Shaw had done another portrait of him in his years of Brown versus Board. So he's a little bit older now, a little bit more uh, stately, a little bit more mature. And we were able to acquire that portrait and that portrait will be unveiled and will hang in the Justice, Justice Thurgood Marshall Amenity Center. But uh, we wanna also connect Justice Thurgood Marshall to this current generation. 
So there was yeah. a quilt that was done by the students of Hamilton Element, uh, Hamilton Middle School. Uh, 20 students put together a quilt. They were sixth grade to eighth graders. And that quilt won Mayor Scott first place in its art competition. And it's currently hanging there in City Hall. So we, uh, we, we got our partners at one of the law firms to go and they have acquired that art, art uh, from uh, Hamilton. And that art is gonna be framed and that's gonna also hang in our uh, Justice Thurgood Marshall Amenity Center. And we're gonna unveil that on July the 2nd. Uh, the other thing we're gonna do is we're gonna have a, uh, a fireside chat. We're gonna have a, a sister out of New York, Jamie Floyd. She's an author as well as a, uh, a lawyer. She has a book that's coming out on Thurgood Marshall in 2024. And we're gonna have Cheryl Eiffel, who was the heir to uh, Justice Thurgood Marshall's seat at the Legal Defense Fund. We're gonna have a fireside chat on that day there at the, and there. And then the, the other thing we're gonna have is that people will get to meet the sons of Justice Thurgood Marshall. So uh, ah. Justice Thurgood, yeah, Justice Thurgood Marshall Jr. is gonna be there. John uh, Marshall, his other son, uh, I believe his granddaughter is coming as well. Uh, so they'll get to meet the family, uh, the family now, uh, though they were born in New York, they now can get to connect with the Baltimore roots of their father and their families. And uh, and then we're going to also announce uh, what's going to be called the Justice Thurgood Marshall Lecture Series. And that's going to be of national quality. Uh, it's going to be uh, the first uh, uh, iteration of it will be uh, in uh, 2024. It will actually be in the Amenity Center. And uh, and this uh, we're raising uh, money for that. It's going to be an endowed fund so that we can bring uh, national quality uh, uh, speakers that talk about the life of Justice Thurgood Marshall and really add to the uh, fabric of America with their uh, contributions. Uh, and so we're excited about that. I gotta commend uh, Channel 13. They're gonna live stream uh, that activity and event so people will be aware of it. And then the final thing I do wanna say is that we're gonna announce a contest, almost like uh, what you have uh, where you have Champions of Courage and people talk about of the meaning of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. We're gonna have a ah. similar type test where people talk about the meaning of Justice Thurgood Marshall and it'll allow for students from, uh, from uh, our area schools to, uh, to compete and participate uh, through using mixed media. And so we're just gonna excite every aspect of our community from the legal community to the, to the business community, to people living in the community, young, old. Uh, Justice Thurgood Marshall should be to Baltimore as the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King is to Atlanta. It's it's stone in my head already. I love it, man. I'm gonna participate in this stuff as much as possible. I got a few personal questions for you. If you got a little time, you got a couple minutes, or are you are you tied up? Yes, yes. No, I'm ready. So, uh, you you had mentioned Cardin and Van Hollen, you know, and uh, while some may say they're not the sexiest u.s senators to have other will say others will say they're the most reliable um and i'm not sure about that sexy comment either they're, they're, you know they're sexy enough for me <laughs> but uh, talk to me about uh what those folks have have meant to you through this process because you know to go from an idea in west baltimore to you know, funding coming out of Washington is it takes an enormous amount of credibility and, you know, frankly, a success rate or a hope rate. Talk to me about uh, your relationship yeah. with those two. You know, you know, it, it's amazing. It's amazing uh, how um, uh, the, the, the question word is really familiar, familiar, how uh, Ben Cardin, uh, Van Hollen and, 
and the whole team. I hope congratulations. I mean, team. you got the greatest congressman. You got Kwaisi and Fume. It's you know, it's not much of an you education know, for him. He knows what's going on. He know, but but this is a. But, I got talk to me. Yeah. So so so. I mean, I, let me give you give you a little, little footnote. Uh, congressman Fume's parents also graduated from PS one hundred three. <laughs> wow. So, so yes, 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 yes. It so so it was a so I, I uh, the first year of earmarks was really a major accomplishment of, I got to give it to the Democratic Party. They, you know, the Republican Party came along to reinstitute earmarks, which allows for projects in local communities throughout America to get direct funding from the federal government. That was a game changer because uh, we were able to get uh, a million dollar earmark, federal earmark, which gave us a lot of credibility. We went around to, uh, to other foundations and corporate communities when they could look and see that here was this uh, contribution coming uh, from the federal government. Uh, and, and I think that, uh, that, that when you think about the, our senators, they really have their eyes and ears to the ground and they listen to people. I'm not the only one they listen to. They listen to people through all, all over our state. And so they are a very competent and very commendable group. And we've got a little advantage in that Senator Van Hollen sits on the uh, Senate Appropriations Committee. That's a so, little uh, advantage. That's pretty sexy. That is, yeah, that is. A, that's a big. <laughs> and so we've been fortunate in the last three years of federal earmarks. Uh, we were able to get uh, one million dollars for the PS103 project, and then we got the 1.75 million for the um, for the uh, 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 I mean, for the Juanita Mitchell Law Center. I'm, I'm taking. I'm giving a break uh, this year, so I'm just gonna catch my breath. Uh, make make sure that I deploy the money uh, accurately and and judiciously, and then I'm gonna come back again. I got some more ideas for federal earmarks for the future. Let's talk about. We talking about Van Hollen and Cardin. When we had Cardin on this podcast, he was talking about uh, pursuing with Medicare recipients trying to get multi cancer early detection. Uh, in underserved communities. So basically there's now technology out there that, that you you and the Senator and others been sharing with people that allows people to have one screening test and then they can kind of find out what risk they have of cancer of all sorts. Uh, so it's just interesting to me that they're yes. working with you on the hardware, right? They're work, the senators are working with the hardware of the community with this yeah. building and everything's going to happen there, but they're also working on the software as far as how to improve health, health outcomes in West Baltimore. Talk to me about your experience there. You, uh, you know, you almost, uh, you almost need to bring me on on another podcast and, and allow me to talk about another passion of mine, which is my involvement in neuroscience. Uh, uh, I, I created what's called the African ancestry neuroscience research initiative. So I'm, I'm heavily involved in, attempting to level the playing field as it relates to African-Americans and clinical trials and treatments and et cetera. We're going to have a major paper that's coming out. It's going to be uh, where we looked uh, very, uh, very uh, at uh, African ancestry as it relates to uh, 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 predictability and incidence of strokes and uh, other diseases. Uh, but one, one of the things that's been quite amazing. Oh, I see. Okay. So I'm trying, I'm trying to learn here. So I have I've seen you all over the like the Boston Globe, all these uh, all these major publications <laughs> about about the project you're doing in Baltimore uh, with the Lieber Institute, which, uh, you know, I'm a son of a schizophrenic. They've studied a lot of brains. You, you are 
making certain that there is equity in research. That's that's what that project is about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is that is exactly right. And that's that's what that's what aligns me with uh, with Ben Cardinal on cancer research and whatnot. Because the, the 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 key to us, if you're talking about these amazing healthcare institutions that we have, these research institutions that we have in Baltimore, uh, one of the things that I've been pressing for and been working quite closely with is Morgan State University. And I've connected more med State school University. there, right? The new it's medical school. The there. Med, uh, they, they're going to have a center for brain uh, uh, science. Uh, we created a new master's degree program in uh, neuroscience where my principal investigators from Libra will teach actually students there at Morgan. Uh, I'm going to be heavily involved because it's the research aspect and done in a very equitable way. And this comes now, I'm talking about. Thurgood Marshall. Thurgood Marshall says, what is equal? Equal is, as Thurgood Marshall would say, that you get the same thing at the same time in the same place. And I think that you can apply that to any other amenities and qualities of our city. Healthcare, same thing at the same time at the same place. Economic development, you should get the same thing at the same time at the same place. Housing, security, at the same time, at the same thing, at the same place. So I'm really connecting the uh, the, the, the the civil rights uh, spirit of Justice Thurgood Marshall with the uh, with the research side of what I call social justice to ensure that we have equity in terms of the social determinants of healthcare, as well as we have uh, the, uh, 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 equality in terms of treatment and uh, and procedures. Well, you're leading after. But that's the whole nother- well, no, I mean, I, I think we all get it. I think I think we can get it how all of these things connect and how there's there really is a zeitgeist around you uh, because you're you know, you're the leader and you're charting the way. And anybody that sees this conversation about history and equity and now research, you can see how that also can blend into um uh, economic development and empowerment because once you're doing the research once you're once you have command then you can think about capitalizing some of the research as well so it's just to me it's uh it's a very empowering rubric that you have sent up there and i'm hoping uh reverend hathaway i'm hoping you might be able to coach one of my guys uh is great uh archdiocesan priests out there on the west side of Baltimore at St. Joseph's Monastery Parish. My my friend, Father Mike, he's getting more and more active out there okay. in West Baltimore. And so I think he's I think we want to steal some of your notes on how to how to lead community. If you'll give us a few moments sometime. I would love to. I would love to. I've got a long history with that uh, with that monastery from my early days and working with uh, Bill, the Baltimore United Leadership Development. So, uh, so I would very much love to uh, come back to my early roots. You know how I got involved in that real quick. I have one last question after this, and I'll let you go. But um, I got involved because Father Mike and Sam Moxley reminded me that my, you know, while I'm looking at like donating money to some uh to some facility in ireland because it's related to my family name uh those guys said to me hey did you know that your great-grandfather your great-grandfather helped build that church like literally the stone in that church he's like they're like maybe before before you fly off to ireland maybe you ought to start supporting west baltimore so i was like i got it i got it Oh, you you got it. You can sign me up. Sign me up. Sign me up. That, 
that is that is amazing. That's an amazing church. I, I've I've been through that church. I was through the monastery as well as the church. It's it, it's a it's an anchor in that uh, sector of uh, West Baltimore, particularly the Emerson Village area, the Irvington area. Uh, so yes, yes, yes. I'd be happy to meet Father Mike and to uh, develop a relationship with him. The last thing, uh, you know, we're talking about it all. We're talking about uh, uh, multi-cancer early detection. We're talking about uh, Thurgood Marshall. We're talking about Medicare. We're talking about the Mitchell family. Let me give you one guy who's close to my heart that you have been doing a lot of work with on the Neuroscience Initiative. Now you all have your own podcast, which everybody should listen to, called He's Holy, I'm Not. Um, talk to me about what it's like working with Martin Knott. A lot of us get to uh, have fun with Martin Knott, go to concerts with Martin Knott, but you're actually doing some of the biggest lifting in the city with him, whether it's convening people to talk about urgent matters or it's working on these projects he seems to be a bit of an apprentice for you talk to me about what it's like to work with martin Knott. it's, it's amazing martin Knott and i have been connected now I, mean, I guess for almost almost 15 20 years it's amazing and he just popped up you know what i mean we were we were on a government board on workforce development and, and i've just admired his ability to chair that community and out of that i had i in fact i I'd known his uncle I, I know the family. Uh, then uh, he and I kind of became uh, connected at the hip. And, and what I love about Martin is his curiosity. He is constantly curious about how to make improvements in society and in the community. And so uh, his son, who invited me out to Loyola to do some uh, talk around uh, uh, Martin Luther King during Martin Luther King Day, came up with the idea because we were talking about, well, you should do something. And he's on a trip with his father and he says, hey, I got it. Why don't you call it called the podcast? I'm holy, he's not. Uh, K N O T T, and that took root. And so, so Martin and I have been in conversations with amazing people throughout our community about the positive side of uh, of our state and our city. Uh, I mean, we've had conversations with amazing people. So I opened up my uh, network. He opened up his network. Uh, for example, we got an upcoming conversation. People are going to be amazed with Kurt Smoke. And Kurt Smoke and I have been friends since uh, uh, since uh, uh, 1966. And so uh, I understand some things in terms of Kurt Smoke and his development that many uh, may not be aware of. He was always a leader. So I, I get to talk about that in the podcast and people get to uh, see different aspects of people there. So he got Martin from his perspective, me from my perspective. You know, uh, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a few decades difference in age between Martin and I, though, uh, though, uh, though people wouldn't know it. But uh, we're able to share those experiences about the positive things that we've had in this, in this community the contributions that we've received to this community. And now we have conversations that are very healthy, engaging, informative that I believe people are, are enjoying. You are much looker, uh, younger looking, Rev. Just, just. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. You know, I have a lot of ideas that would just uh, be a lot like my other ideas. They'd just be in my the back of my head. And uh, Martin has an incredible way about driving ideas into reality, which is sort of the hardest thing to do in the world. Yes. Um, and you it guys really are doing is. it both together. It's, it's, it's an awesome thing to watch. And I'm so grateful for the podcast. Just heard the one with Stuart Bainham. Can't wait for the one with uh, Mayor Kurt oh, Schmoke. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would just say also uh, just the just the uh, presentation of uh, of two people from diverse backgrounds working together is really the symbol of what we need in our city and in our state and in our country. Uh, you, you can be united uh, uh, and not be divided. And I think we've got to communicate uh, more of our commonality than our differences. And in, in this instance, I think we are reflecting, we're walking the talk. We're showing that people from diverse backgrounds can be united together and can share in a common goal and purpose. He's Reverend Dr. Al Hathaway. Uh, he's doing so much for Baltimore, for Maryland. And as you can tell from his relationships with these federal elected officials, he's doing so much for our country. Reverend Dr. Al Hathaway, thank you so much for joining us on the Lobby Podcast. It was my joy to communicate and talk with you. It is a pleasure. Uh, you are a deed of beloved, blessed brother. And I, I love you dearly. I love you, and I'm looking forward to the golf season. Maybe we get some of that in before the big uh, July 2nd events for Thurgood Marshall in West Baltimore. Yes, we will. Thank you, Al.